Mother's Day. Oh, it's so good to see you all here today. Makes my heart really happy when I see, ooh, when I see, no, I don't see you anymore, when I see children with their mums. You know, that's probably one of my greatest joys is when my girls or my kids are not sitting at the back, but they're sitting in the front row. So off your phones because I can see. <laughs> that's why they're at the back. Well, today you're, you're going to get uh, two things for the price of one. I'm a mother and I love bargains. And today I'm going to teach you how to cook and also I'm going to teach you from the Word of God. I'm going to bring forth the, the principles that we can learn from the Word of God and how we can learn to make pasta using some of the ingredients that correlate with some of the the points that I'm going to make today. So I'll put on my apron. This was actually given to me from Suzette Blackie, which is so lovely. You can take orders after the service, I'm sure. <laughs> so there you go. I'm going to put this on. Um, and, you know, one thing we have in common in this room is we all have one thing in common, every one of us. We all have a mother. I hope... You're here. You all have a mother. You all have a mother, and uh, or we all have had a mother. Um, and so that's one thing that we've all got in common in this room. And, uh, and I, our mothers have probably pay, play a biggest part in our roles as we are growing up. Certainly over the years, but in our younger years, they do play a big part and a big role in our lives. Um, and... We treasure, we value, and we honour that to all our mums. Do a great job. No, it's not easy sometimes. It's just pretty much constant. Who's with yeah. me? Yes, it's constant. Well, there was a, I hope that video was so good, and uh, I hope some of these children don't grow up as 15-year-old boys like this one here. So there was a 15-year-old boy who came home from school and found his mum in bed, very ill. So he goes to her and says, Mum, what's wrong? What's wrong? I'm not feeling good at all today. I'm really, really ill, really feeling sick. So he stiffened his back. He says, don't worry about dinner, Mum. I'm happy to carry you up to the stove, down to the stove. <laughs> What a great kid. What a great kid. Well, today I want to talk to you about some ingredients, life's ingredients. Ingredients that give you, help you in a successful life. And um, I'm going to teach you today how to make pasta. Tagliatelle. And uh, people get scared to make pasta, but I'm going to show you today how easy it is. How very easy it is. And I hopefully today you're inspired to go home to, tonight, today, and make your own tagliatelle, your own pasta. So there are four ingredients uh, to help us in our lives that we really need in our lives. And um, just like making pasta, there's four ingredients that you need to make a good quality pasta. Now, once you've had tagliatelle, once you've had homemade pasta, you will really like cringe or, you know, turn your nose up to brought pasta. There is nothing like homemade pasta. I remember having Pastor Shane Willard over for dinner, and I, and I don't make homemade pasta all the time, so don't worry, I do use bought pasta. And he came over, and I made homemade pasta, and I said, have you ever had homemade pasta, Pastor Shane? 
And he goes, no, I've never had homemade pasta. So he had it, and it literally, like, it's like he just kept eating. I'm like, have you eaten this week, Pastor Shane? <laughs> he goes, I'm ruined for life. You've ruined me for life in pasta. And so uh, it's really, he's very delicious homemade pasta. But the four ingredients today that I want to bring from the Word of God and deliver to you today, and it's literally, if you have these four ingredients, they're really going to help you in living a fulfilled life, a successful life. All from the Word of God, these ingredients come. Number one is love. Love is the foundation of a successful life. Just like one cup of flour is the foundation to making pasta. We need one cup of flour. This flour is a foundation of making pasta. If we don't have flour, we don't have pasta. We cannot do it with just water alone. And that is the foundation of making pasta, just as love is the foundation of everything that we do. The foundation to this dough is flour, but the foundation to our lives is love. First Peter 4.8 says, Above all, constantly echo God's intents. One version says, Above all, fervently love one another, for love will be a canopy over a multitude of sins. Peter commands us as believers as people, to work hard, loving one another. And I know, as, as a mother, sometimes it is hard to love my children. You go, Nina, that's terrible. <laughs> you have thought the same sometime in your life as a mother. Because you see them do things that you've trained them and taught them not to do, not to go to place, not to do this. Not to, and you see them and you go, oh, and, and it's hard to love, but that's when you go to God and say, God, help me love. This I'm loving you girls at the moment in a good stage of life. <laughs> the Greek word here for fervent is ekateni, and it's translated as deeply. Love deeply. Love, it says earnestly, fervently, used to describe a muscle. You got it as an athlete needs to train his muscle to get it firm, to get it working, to get it to win a race. He needs to train himself just as it is for love. We are not going to love everyone. Sometimes we think idealistically we will, we should. We're not. There are some people that are sandpaper to you. I was doing Bible college, and I had one guy who was sandpaper to me. And that's Bible college. What a great start, hey? <laughs> I'm already like. But it was, I had to ask and pray, God, God, help me to love this person. Because everything about them grates me the wrong way. It's just annoying. And I had to pray for God to help me to love. Now, I know for a lot of you, love comes really easy for you. But when it doesn't, pray and ask God to help you to love those people or that person. Peter writes that Christians should do it above all. Above all, love. Love comes first before anything else. 
As a believer, it's our first priority. We must be showing love just like Jesus showed love. And let me tell you, he showed a lot of love. He had the Pharisees that opposed him, that criticized him. He had the unlovely. He had different people that he had to show love to. He is our greatest example. When criticized, he didn't cut them off, but he continued to minister. Uh, I know in my life there have been times when people have said things um, and, and immediately I've just gone, oh, man, now this changes everything. And I've had to go learn that there are things going on in their lives. That's why some of the reactions and the comments and the responses sometimes can be harsh. And so learn to love one another. Ask God to help you to love. A follower of Christ, a a Christian, a believer in Jesus, demonstrates the love of Jesus is our first priority. When my dad was sick last year, he got throat cancer. He had three weeks to live. That's what the diagnosis was. And so I rushed down there thinking I only had three weeks with my dad. And it was, we know when you know there's a time limit, it's harder. You try and pack everything in. You try and draw everything from them. You try and, you know, learn and, and be with them. And, and, you know, they go to the toilet and you're waiting outside the door, you know. Like, you, you just do everything. And he was given three weeks. And three weeks came, three weeks went. In the end, he lived for three months. So much so that the, we were getting nurses. We had one nurse who was in charge and she would come in, and then there'd be different nurses all the time. And we were told there'd only be one carer, one nurse that should come in all the time, so you're dealing with the same one. And uh, one, one morning, um, the, his actual specialist from the hospital came, and we were like a little bit surprised. My sisters were telling me, we were a bit surprised, what's a specialist doing a home visit? They never do home visits. And he said, listen, I, I'm just intrigued. We, we knew he had three weeks to live, and it's now gone two and a half months. And uh, I asked the head nurse, I said, what is going on? How come he's living so long, you know? And she goes, oh, like, you've got to go there. You, you've got to visit this man. He goes, my nurses all want turns to go and visit this man. And so that's why we're having lots of different nurses in the house. He goes... There, you walk in the house and there is something so lovely about the house. Because these people are lovely. Like they are lovely. Their food's good, but they are lovely. Right? And I honestly do believe that, my, that God prolonged my dad's days because there were numerous nurses and doctors who came in who experienced the love of Jesus. Because it wasn't about the love that we showed in hospitality. It was the love that we showed in engaging, praying. We had times where I could pray with the nurses as they would share problems with me in situations. You see, you never can underestimate the power of love. Never. A kind word goes a long way. 
time, taking time out, and I'm busy, like everyone else here. And you just go, oh, man, I haven't got time. I haven't got time to visit the neighbor and see how they're going. But doing that, this week I did it again. Come, sit with them, come and have a cup of tea. And then an hour's gone and they're sharing their issues and having the love of Jesus. You may not say, okay, say the sinner's prayer now. Are you ready? You know, for your eternity, salvation. No, it's the love. The Bible says that they would know that you are my disciples by the love that you have for one another. Don't underestimate the foundation of of love in your life. Um, and that, that specialist, he's, he went away and, he, and, you know, he was relayed back to his head nurse uh, who was caring, goes, I know what it is. I know what you girls are talking about. He goes, it, it's, it's pretty good in there. He goes, that love, love is keeping that man alive. Care is keeping that man alive. That family is keeping that man alive. And uh, he heard the gospel too that day because <laughs> my dad never made them leave the house without hearing about Jesus. We need to always show the love of God. Jesus told this to his disciples. He says, he's saying this to us now. John 13, a new commandment I give to you. Love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another by this Everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. 1 Corinthians 1.5 tells us that love keeps no record of wrong. No record of wrong. That's hard. That's hard when you've been hurt. That's hard when you've been betrayed. It's hard to love when you've been unfairly accused of something or you've been criticised about. It's hard. It's hard. But God helps us to move on, to bring healing, and to get healing from there. You know, if there was a bug in this flower, was I making the flower and there was a bug, all I would see is the bug. Now, I can continue working, going, oh, they won't know. (laughs) Right? You would be horrified, wouldn't you? If I invited you over, gave you pasta, and then in the strands you found a black bug. You go, oh my gosh, I'm never going to go to Pastor Nina's house again. But the bug spoils the whole amount of flour. I would have to get rid of it, throw it out, uh, pick it out, which I try not to do. I'll just get rid of the flour. But it, it spoils the whole thing. So does when we have hold bitterness against someone. It spoils everything. Have you been a person who's had a grudge or been angry with someone uh, perhaps your kids or your spouse or a friend or a boss. You don't sleep very well, do you? It's because that bug, and they said this, and you say this, and I say this, and you say this, and then I'm going to do this, and all that. It's continuous. It's, it's overwhelming, and you don't sleep. Therefore, it's, bitterness is like, you know, giving poison to someone else, like drinking poison, hoping the other person dies. That's what bitterness is is you drink the poison hoping that the one that hurts you is going to die. Eventually, you're going to, and that's what it does. It erodes. But love covers all those hurts, all those wrongdoings, all that pain. And so it's important to ask God, God, help me to love. 
at the moment, I don't feel like loving them, but help me to love and show love to them. Don't hold it onto them or over them, but show them love. It's always good when you, you show love. You always feel better after it, even if it's with someone that you don't want to show love to. But you always... Ingredient number two is knowledge. Knowledge. Knowledge is what we get ourselves. It comes from God, but knowledge is something that we have to attain. We have to grow and we have to devour ourselves into knowledge. It's what we accumulate through learning. Now, with knowledge, it's very interesting. I know someone who's been a professional student for 59 years, never worked, just went from one course, uni course, to another. And, you know, when I talk with him or listen to him, I don't see him very much anymore uh, because of distance, he's very arrogant. But that's what knowledge does. It makes you arrogant. Bible says that knowledge puffs up. And if you have too much knowledge... Right, You say, you can't have too much knowledge. Well, you can when it starts to affect how you treat people. Yeah, it, it is when you become superior and you try and dominate over someone else. We must be learners. Learners are not born, okay? We're not born as learners. We must learn. We, if we want to improve in life, we must be learners. We, we need to enhance our life by knowledge, by learning, by reading the Word of God. That will help you in your life. By learning, by going to to uni or by doing a course, that will only help you in your vocation. It will only help you in life. It will only help you in whatever you're learning in. Learning to become a better spouse. Read a book, how to to be a better spouse, how to be a better wife, how to be a better husband. Learning to be a better worker. Learning to be a better friend. Learning to whatever field in workplace that you are, learn, advance, skill up, skill up, always be learning, always be someone who gains knowledge and learns so that you can appropriate it in your life. Learning to be a better student, learning to be a mature Christian. We can become stagnant as Christians if we don't feed ourselves from the Word of God. You get 30, 40 minutes of teaching today, but let me tell you, 5% of you Right, will only be the 5% who retain. Next week, you won't even remember what I've actually, you'll remember me making pasta. That's why I try and bring an illustration because hopefully the illustration triggers the understanding, knowledge, flower. Flower was, was love. And, and so we forget. We forget. But as you learn, as you study, as you, look, I'm going to look into what the Bible says more about knowledge, more about love. What does the Bible say? You're learning, you're gaining, you're retaining. You know, a doctor was driving through a village and he saw a man uh, amusing a crowd with his dog antics. And his dog was doing all these sorts of tricks. And the doctor pulled up and he said, hey, like, dear man, how do you manage to train your dog in that way? How do you get to do all those tricks? Now, I'm learning. Having dog, uh, Kevin, Jack, you know this, they got a new dog. And you, like, they're crazy sometimes. And trying to teach them, anyone who's got a dog, trying to teach them tricks and things like that, try and, try and teach them not to destroy your house. It's a feat in itself. <laughs> Training, and, the, and I can't, he goes, the doctor said, I can't even teach a single trick to my dog. And the man glanced up at him with a simple look and a reply, and he says, well, you see, it's this way. You have to know more about the dog 
before you start teaching him and learning him the tricks. And that's what it is. If you want to be better at something, you have to learn. You have to engage. You have to get knowledge to know how to be better. I've met some, my outings now early in the morning is a dog park. So I went to the dog park earlier, like yesterday, and I met someone, and he goes, well, I, can't, I can't get my dog to do nothing. They never gave me a manual with this dog, and he's just destroying my house. I'm like, I, I hear you, brother. Preach it. I hear you, brother. And he's going, he goes, but you know what I had to do? I had to study. I had to learn about these, this type of dog, what the weaknesses are, what the strongs are, strengths are, how to their behavior and how to train this dog. I said, is it working? He goes, yeah, it's working. I wish I read the book before, though. And so it is with, with knowledge. We need to learn. Never stop being a learner. Now, sometimes a learn, a knowledge doesn't necessarily have to come from a book. It can come by listening and sitting with someone, being discipled. It can come by being mentored by someone. It can come, I, I, listening to Pastor Fred and Mrs. Evans' testimony last Sunday night, if you didn't listen to it, please listen to it. It's mergechurch.life, the podcast, however you know how to do it, just do that. I learned, I gleaned something. I learned, appropriated some of the things that Mrs. Evans was saying. Oh, I, I'm going to try that. I'm going to do that. Oh, that's really interesting. I never thought of that. And so we can be learners just by being with one another. And so it is in in this is that we need to add salt. Salt in this dish adds flavor to this flour. That's what knowledge does. Knowledge adds. It adds to this dish. Who doesn't like salt? Thank the Lord you all like salt. Salt adds. It only adds flour. So does knowledge. It adds Knowledge, knowledge adds, learning adds to our life. And so it is with salt. Salt causes flavor to come out in the pasta. So it is, without, without knowledge, we don't actually get very far in life. We become bland, we become stale, we become boring, and we stay at our jobs forever and ever because we never, we're scared to actually step out and learn. So salt adds, just like knowledge Adds. Number three, the third ingredient is understanding. So we have love, the foundation is flour. We have knowledge, which is salt, permeates, helps us. Knowledge. And then number three, we have understanding. And understanding, understanding is what brings it all together. Understanding is what brings knowledge together. See, just knowledge, just as knowledge is something you accumulate, by learning, understanding is something you know because you have lived through it. You've been through an experience, you know about it. I can explain how amazing this pasta is. I can talk to you about this pasta all day. The ingredients, the stages, the elements, how to do it, right? But until you taste it, you go, Ah, now I understand why she raved on about homemade pasta. That's what understanding. You can learn how to drive a car by reading a book, but not until you appropriate the knowledge to getting in the car and driving. Understanding, right, is an action of knowledge. You know, 
but you need to live and you need to understand how to then do it. It's experience. And that's how you understand knowledge. Understand, understanding is grasping the knowledge and the formation of facts. And it's the outworking it into every part of our life. Yeah, every part of our life. You know, to the basic laws of, our, of, laws of principles, to our spiritual being, to our natural being, our personal being, and to being in the world, being in, the, in society. That's the basic uh, understanding applies to every part of our life. Understanding enables us to see the big picture. You know it, but when you action it, it's like, oh, I, under- I know now. I know, I see the big picture. Yeah, you know, understanding is taking the knowledge from the Word of God and living it out in our lives. Yeah. That's what understanding is. You can read. You can know the commandments. You can know how to live a, a sexual life. You know how to deal with bitterness or unforgiveness, you can know how, how to be a better par- partner or a wife, or a, you know, a leader, you can know all that, but until you enter and start doing those things, action, what you've learned, that's understanding. Just, back to my recipe, just like um, understanding is actioning knowledge, I think, there you go, did you know if you crack an egg on a Flat surface, you don't have shells. Did you see what happened there? Shouldn't have been a shell in there. Just disproved my theory. So what you do, I know you hate this sound. Mark hates it. He literally blocks his ears when I beat an egg. (laughs) Now I'm being annoying. (laughs) So you make a well in the middle. And just as you got, you got knowledge, you got love with a foundation, you got salt as knowledge. And this is understanding. Now, I want to tell you what understanding does to a dish. Eggs create structure to any dish. Whether you're making pasta, whether you're making muffins, whatever dish you are making, it adds structure. It also adds um, colour. What was white is now going to become yellow, right? It adds the ability in the dough to bring structure and colour, nutrients of protein. So when you understand, right, so it's it's slowly coming together, but it is still very much disjointed, the the dish, the, the dough. When you understand a situation that has escalated out of control, through understanding, you can bring stability. Through understanding. So understanding, that's a really severe reaction that I had from that person. Rather than going, gee, I'm not going to get together with them anymore, go away and go, why was that reaction so severe? Why did they react? Understand. Did they have a bad day? Have they got pressure at home? Are they just flat? Are they feeling in a place in life where they're just dissatisfied? Sometimes how we feel, what we're going through, reflects in our actions. And we say things or do things or react in a certain way or change things all the time, trying to, to bring everything together, trying to like even survive in our lives. And so sometimes what we do, we 
react. But when you are with them, if you understand what they're going through and why they're going through, rather than cutting them out, rather than moving on, rather than going, it's just too hard, basket, go deeper with them. Begin to understand why the reaction has been. We need to know when, as, as parents, there are different stages in understanding as, as parents with our children. You're understanding your kids. Every child, you can have five kids, four kids, whatever it is, every kid is different, right? You think, gosh, it's got to be one the same, but they're all very different. And so you've got to know and understand them to know how to discipline them, to know how to engage with them, to know what they like. Are they a time person? Are they a person who, you know, like gifts? Or whatever the, their love language is, is you need to understand them so then you can better their lives in doing that. You know, as parents, we, there are stages. There are three stages, three ingredients in parenting. There is the stage of command, and that's when they're little. You would have heard this from Mark. As a commander, that's when they're smaller. That's when you tell them when to eat, what to eat, what time to sleep, when to get up, you know, what to wear, what not to wear. Sometimes that's a fight. But that you're their commander. Now, I want to tell you, if they command your house when they're teenagers they will still command your house. So take control, command them, command and instill and train them at that stage. Because if you don't do it then, it is, you're never gonna be able to catch up with them later, right? So that's understanding of being a commander. The second stage as, as teenagers is coach stage. As a teenager, you're their coach. You're guiding them, you're, you're, you're teaching them, that's great. That's all, I would try it this way, how about this? You're coaching them in life. Decisions, I know with, with Tori, when she was trying to decide what she wanted to do in life, we sat down with her and we looked at her strengths and we looked at what she was naturally good at and we looked at the different things that we thought, hey, you know, Tori, you would be really good in this field. That's what a parent does, is coaches their kids. Now, we didn't make the decision for her. She had to go away and figure out, is that what I want to do? Right? And all in the meantime, you're praying at every stage of their lives as a commander, as a coach. The third one, when they're adults, we become their consultants. We're no longer their commander. We're no longer their coach. We're their consultant. Be invited in. Oh, I'm at that stage. It is really hard. I just want to tell Jack what to do. I want to tell him how to do it, when to do it. And I've had to go like this. <laughs> Bite my hand so I don't let him go. Mark goes, let, let him go. Let, let him go. You're, let him go. Let him come to us. I drop lots of hints. <laughs> um, let him, no, Nina, that's not what you do. He's always correcting me because I could take over. Um, and... Uh, and so you've got, to be, you've got to consult. When they come in, go, oh, then you advise. Then you guide them. Then you lead them. But you have to be invited in. And, uh, and that's, that's a stage where it's is a great stage to see what you've implanted and put into them as little kids to grow up yeah. into that way. So, you know, Proverbs 2, 2 to 4 says, Tray, tune your ears to wisdom. And concentrate on understanding. Cry out for insight. 
and ask for understanding. Search for them as you would for silver. Seek them like hidden treasures. One of the roles of the Holy Spirit is to give you understanding. Whether you're a parent, whether you're a teenager, an adult, you can ask the Holy Spirit to give you understanding in whatever situation and circumstance that you have. It is his job. It is his role. Let us not put him out of a job. Let us ask the Holy Spirit to give us understanding. We do have the unfair advantage of having the Holy Spirit helping us in giving us understanding. I sometimes, my kids hate this stage uh, as teenagers because I did go to the Holy Spirit a lot. And there were times when I'd be sleeping and the Holy Spirit would wake me, me up and, and, and just pray for the kids or show me something. Or, and, you know, they hated that stage because they'll get a call. Where are you? What are you doing? Like, like oh, mom. And I, no, I know, I know you, I know you're doing something. I know. Just own up. Own it up. Just tell me because I know, right? And uh, they hated the Holy Spirit at that stage <laughs> because uh, he interfered in their lives. But that's, that's the unfair advantage that we have as parents. When it's hard with our children, I know we pray. I know we ask God, but oh, Holy Spirit, what's the key to them? How can I help them to grow in this area or to overcome in this area? How can I lead them? Number four, the fourth ingredient is wisdom. Wisdom comes from God. Wisdom is the ability to put knowledge, right, to put understanding together. It's to use to, and to use in life's decisions to avoid problems and increase in our success. The greatest wisdom of all comes from God. In all the areas of our lives and situations, he gives us the wisdom that we need. You know, we can pray and ask God for wisdom. That's what he asks us to do. Ask for wisdom. King Solomon was the wisest man. The Bible says he was the wisest man to have lived and to ever have lived. Solomon didn't ask. When God says, what do you want, Solomon? What do you want? He didn't ask to win the lottery. He didn't want a bigger house. He didn't want more money. He didn't want, you know, different things. He asked for more wisdom. He asked for wisdom. We need to ask for wisdom. God commended Solomon for asking for wisdom, and he granted him wisdom. A lot of the, the Proverbs and Psalms are written by Solomon. It's wise words we apply to our lives. James 1.5 says, And if anyone longs to be wise, ask God for wisdom and he will give it. He won't see your lack of wisdom as an opportunity to scold you over your failures, but he will overwhelm your failures with his generous grace. Through wisdom, we can get everything that we want. That's what basically it's saying. Ask for it. I love this proverb. It's Proverbs 3, 13 to 18. It says, blessings pour over the ones who find wisdom. Blessings pour over you when you ask and you walk in wisdom. For they have obtained living understanding. 
As wisdom increases, a great treasure is imparted, greater than many bars of refined gold. Wisdom is better than gold. It is more valuable, is a more valuable commodity than gold and gemstones. For there is nothing you desire that could compare to her. Wisdom extends to you long life in one hand and wealth and promotion in the other. Out of her mouth flows righteousness and her words release both law and mercy. The ways of wisdom are sweet, always drawing you to the place of wholeness. Seeking for her brings the discovery of untold blessings. For she is the healing tree of life to those who taste her fruits. Wow. Wisdom is more valuable than precious jewels. Nothing could, go, could compare to wisdom. A commentary that I read from Roger Mai in September 2019, he writes, How to live life skillfully. Wisdom is the ability to understand and use true knowledge to deal with life's issues and challenges and live life successfully. It is an ability to accurately access access problems, to discern the best course of action. This is wisdom. Wisdom helps you to discern the best course of action, whether it be with your children, whether it be in your workplace, whether it be in relationships, friends, whatever stage of your life, wisdom gives you the best course of action. And then to act prudently to resolve the problems. Wisdom will help, you help us manage our own health and livelihood. If I eat all the time, wisdom will tell me, don't do that. You'll regret it. Right? Wisdom will help you manage our health and livelihood, our possessions and our relationships with others. Wisdom will help us have peaceful sleep, overcome fear and be happy and have a successful life. That's what wisdom does. Who wants wisdom? I want more wisdom. I need more wisdom. To navigate through life, I need more wisdom. When Mark and I started going out, my parents said no. Other people saying, you're a great match. You're good. Don't worry about your parents. You know, don't listen to them. But, But wisdom said, what is God saying? Wisdom was, oh, I need to find the wisdom of God in this situation. So I went to God and I asked God because he knows now, he knows tomorrow, and he knows my future. And as I went to God and asked God for wisdom, what to do, God gave me wisdom. And he said, obey your parents. Not the answer that I was looking for. No, no, it wasn't. But as I obeyed my parents, because that's what the Lord said to do, as I obeyed four years later, God gave me Mark back. I won. I got the man. But I know that if I look back and if I didn't obey my parents, I knew it would have been a different outcome. would have lost relationship with my parents. I wouldn't have been able to minister as well as I could minister because there was something not right in my life, right? So wisdom, that's what wisdom does. Wisdom enhances your life, grows. Sometimes your boss will make a decision and you go, he's an idiot. 
He doesn't know. I'm the worker. I'm doing the job. I know it. But you could understand, like, yes, maybe some are, but you could understand a boss has seen the past, he's seen the present, he's seen the things that have worked, he's seen the things that have gone wrong, and he sees the future. He looks at the whole picture. He's got the knowledge, the understanding, and the wisdom. Sometimes as pastors, I know some of you think you can pastor this church better than me, and you probably can. But you've got to understand and trust that sometimes we know the long history of seeing the past, seeing the present, and being obedient to what God's called us to do. You know, and so it is with our, with our parents. Sometimes children, we just think our parents don't know what they're going on about. They don't understand the situation. They, they're just trying to ruin my fun. But parents know. They know the beginning, they know the now, and they know the future. And so as parents, we need to use wisdom in navigating. Yes, they'll hate us, but we're not called to be their best friends. Okay? Not at that stage anyway. We are called to bring wisdom, understanding, and knowledge into their lives. And so it is. Proverbs often talks about calling for wisdom. Back to the recipe. Closing, if the musos can come right now. We need one, no, we need three tablespoons of water. Now, water is just like wisdom. Wisdom brings knowledge and understanding together. As we add water, it combines the love, the knowledge, the understanding together. And as you need this, it becomes one dough. It's meshed with all together. You know, water... Water is a very important ingredient into our life, into any dough, into any ingredient that is needed. Water serves as a solvent and it disperses the egg and the salt through the mixture. Uh, You know, just as wisdom brings the knowledge and the understanding together, it helps us appropriate. We can have knowledge, but if we don't have wisdom when to deliver that, we're in trouble. We can have understanding, but if we don't have wisdom to know how to navigate that, then we could be in trouble. But it's wisdom which helps us to bring the whole dish of dough together. And as I really get in, what happens is it comes into one big dough, right? And as I need, and sometimes in life there are going to be pressures where God is going to put the pressure on us as he squashes us, as he allows us to go through things, but what happens? We come together, it comes into one dough, one, and as I work this, and so it is with God, as he works in our lives, we become smoother, we become nicer, we become more loving, we become contagious to others, we become something that is beautiful. Someone who is loving, full of knowledge, has understanding, knows when to speak, when to act, right? But he's wise. And what happens with this dough, as I work it, it becomes a smooth dough. As I then roll it out, right? As I roll it out into a rectangular, and then I can, if you have a pasta machine, you can actually put it in the pasta machine. You can roll it out into a thin strip. Then 
you don't have a pasta machine, you roll it with a rolling pin and you cut strips and then you have beautiful strips of pasta. This is something that I prepared for you earlier. And that's tagliatelle. Now that's nice. It's lovely. Once you've had it, it tastes unbelievable. But that dish, I can cook that in salted water and I can serve it to you like that. It's really okay. Go, oh, that's nice, Nisa, but something's lacking. You know what's lacking? The sauce. I haven't got time to teach you how to make a sauce because a sauce, a good sauce, not a jar sauce, a good sauce takes hours and hours to, to actually simmer. And in our lives, I'm not expecting you to go out the door and love everyone. I'm not expecting you to have all the knowledge. I'm not expecting you to know how, when to use wisdom. But one thing, as you allow love and knowledge and understanding and wisdom to simmer long in your life, and you begin to then, when it's at a point, drain your pasta, add the sauce, unbelievable. So it is with our lives. We need foundation of love. We need knowledge, which is salt. We need Understanding which the egg changes colour, emulsifies, flavour. But we need water to combine everything, to combine and act as wisdom, right? And in, in your life, we get one life. We get one go at life. We don't get a second chance. We get one go. I want to encourage you to work at loving Ask God to help you to, to gain knowledge. Learn about the person. Learn about things that, that you need. Learn the Word of God so you solve so many, gives you insight and understanding in things. Then appropriate the Word of God. Appropriate that knowledge into your life, which will bring great understanding. But know when to use it. Use wisdom to know when to speak, when to hold back, when to pray, when to do an action. Today, I want you to stand with me and we're going to close right now. Today, I want to pray for you as a whole. I don't want to identify it. I want to open the altar and go, all right, yeah, you, I knew you needed more understanding. Last time, I don't want to do that. Knowledge, oh my gosh, you can learn a bit. Wisdom, you got no wisdom whatsoever. You should be at I don't want to do that today because, you know, I'm the, I'll be the front at the altar because I need more love. I need more knowledge. I need more understanding. I need wisdom. Those four ingredients, apply them into your life. Like the Bible says, you will live a long, prosperous, healthy life.